This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Innovation. If you're not growing, you're dying. And that's the crude truth in the oil and gas industry. We're going to talk about that and cast them deep on this episode of The Crude Truth. In 1901, at Spindletop Hill near Beaumont, the future of Texas changed dramatically as, like a fountain of fortune, thousands of barrels of oil burst from the earth towards the sky. Soon, Detroit would be cranking out Model Ts by the millions, and America was on the move, thanks to the black gold being produced in Texas. Now, more than a century later, the vehicles are different, but nothing else has truly changed. Sure, there may be many other alternative energy sources like wind and solar and electric. But let's be honest, America depends on oil and entrepreneurs. And if the USA is truly going to be independent, it has to know the crude truth. NAEP is a proud sponsor of the crude truth. Be sure to register for the NAEP Expo 2024, February 7th through the 9th at the George R. Brown Convention Center in Houston, Texas. Hurry and register today. Nate, where deals happen. This episode is brought to you by LFS Chemistry, committed to being good stewards of the environment and providing the tools so you can be too. NAPE Expo, where deals happen. Air Compressor Solutions. When everything is on the line, Air Compressor Solutions is the dependable choice to keep commercial business powered up. Sandstone Group. Exec Crew. Elevate your network, elevate your knowledge. Oil and Gas Workers Association, Pecos Country Operating, fueling our future. Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of the day it is. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to another episode of The Crude Truth. Uh, today, I bring on somebody that is just an innovator, as uh, my little teaser said there in the opening, somebody that is really blazing a trail, I should say, in the oil and gas industry, but also blazing a trail with the chemical side of things that we're doing in the exploration and production. My guest today is Jim Holmes. Jims, how are you? I am wonderful. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Well, thank you for being here. It's exciting. Well, I'm excited. I finally got you in. You know, you've been, uh, we met through, I got to do a quick shout out to Connection Crew. Absolutely. Uh, JP. JP. Yeah, JP. And um, uh, man, uh, you did his podcast. So so everybody get out there, take a look at it. Uh, They're on the 45th floor at the petroleum club for that one or whatever it is. Beautiful so, spot. It was a good spot. So, but thank you, you have for a good one here as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But, uh, but you guys, I mean, that was just a spot. So when I called you up and I was like, Hey, I want you to come be on the show. I said, I, I can't compete with that view, but so thank <laughs> you so much for coming in. And, uh, 
you actually have a plant here uh, in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, correct? That is correct. Just just southwest of here towards Crescent, uh, actually in Crescent. Yeah. Uh, beautiful facility, just over 60 acres. Um, that's a joint facility with Integrity Biochem. Okay. Uh, Integrity Biochem is a parent company for, for LFS Chemistry. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful facility, just expanding it constantly and really excited to see what's going to be coming out of there over the next few years. Well, you know, uh, I, I wanted you to come on to talk about, you know, to talk about LFS chemistry and also yourself, because you are an entrepreneur and the things that y'all are doing, again, you're blazing that trail. Y'all are truly, you know, I know it was a hook and, uh, but y'all really are innovating as we talked about in our little pre-production uh, meeting that it's like, Hey, you know, we gotta be continuing to evolve. So let's talk about you just a little bit and how you've evolved to where you are today. A little background, man. That's a it's an interesting and, and very long in depth story, and we'll we'll just talk about the the peaks and not so many of the valleys. But, Deal. Um, I got into oil and gas uh, right out of high school, essentially, as uh, semester two into college. Uh, was driving vac trucks, saltwater disposal for Key Energy out of the College Station Bryan area, and just have grown from there. Got to see chemistry firsthand. Not very exciting chemistry, but we did see chemistry. Uh, you know, tank bottom cleaning and and oil and water separation and you know demulse and, and and opportunities like that, and it really kind of piqued my interest. Uh, then by the time I was in my mid twenties, started to look at venturing out on my own and yeah. got into non engineer background engineering for some offshore work and and on land environmental. Uh, and then had my first opportunity to really dive in and, and start a company. So 20, 2008 was really the first opportunity to get, to get in directly as an, as a ownership. And then three and a half years later, did it again, then went to a big publicly traded chemical company oh, wow. for I would get some global expansion, some more knowledge and, and understanding of, of big business, if you will. And then in 2019, ventured off again and started LFS chemistry. Okay. So LFS has been a fantastic run so far. It's nothing like starting a company eight or nine months before COVID hits and shuts everything down. Uh, LFS really started its life as lightning fluid services. Okay. That's where the LFS comes from. So oh, it's okay. kind of a a little bit of a tribute to one of the founding founding partners, which is Will Starnes, who still owns lightning fluid services today. So we started that under the umbrella of Lightning Fluid Services. Yeah. Uh, got it up and running and then just split it off into a separate business unit, okay. uh, mostly for, for books and insurance and everything else. And, yeah. and that's where we came up with the name LFS, chemistry to focus more specifically on chemistry. Yes. Uh, we didn't want to create a name that was so locked into one specific area because we know my entire team is very well aware of how the chemistry world works and it's not, it's not tunnel vision. Okay. You've got to have big vision for chemistry. So here we are today. We recovered fully from from three or four months of almost no completions activity, which is where we started our business. And, wow. and now we're diversifying quite rapidly from that. Well, you know, you mentioned that, um, uh, that you guys started right before COVID and that y'all went through this phase. You know, um, how were you able to weather that storm during that time of COVID? So we... We were fortunate that in July of 2019, we had our first bulk commercial sales of chemistry into the frac space. And we had just incredible growth going through the rest of that year from July through December, really into January and February. Yeah. 
was incredible growth. I'm actually almost a little bit nervous on the growth because sometimes growth, if it's not managed correctly, can be a problem from a cash cash flow perspective. Uh, you know, I'm not a, a wealthy, deep pocket person, so I can't just keep dumping money in, right? keep it afloat. But we had built up a nice nest egg going into that. We had some expansion plans, which all got put on hold when COVID hit. And, you know, we fortunately, no layoffs, no, we just weathered it. We took that opportunity to really focus on designing more chemistries. Okay. So instead of sitting around wondering what's happening, we had a couple of really, really good guys uh, every day just thinking about the next applications, the next chemistry. How can we utilize specific molecules to do things that we never intended? You you know, you, you talk about the next chemistry. And um, I'll lead into my next question is, okay, you mentioned, again, another thing in our little pre-meeting was that, you know, once you sold a, uh, um, a chemical, uh, to an Exxon mobile or something like that. Next thing you know, you've got every other company out there always talking about the next great thing, this and that. So let's talk about the chemistry side of this and how y'all are truly using innovation on per near a daily basis and what y'all see there and how y'all use that to y'all's advantage. Absolutely. So you, you hit it rather than the, in the chemistry industry is a, a little bit of a funny industry in the sense that there is a lot of resellers out there. Okay. There is a whole lot of small to medium-sized chemical companies that never don't actually make it. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a niche for all of it. They may have wonderful logistics, great field support, application knowledge for those chemistries. Um, and you, you see it all over the place. So what we have to be very balanced in is to make sure we're not actually competing with ourselves. Okay. Um, so what we do is we started our company with with a very specific principle. We wanted to create the best surfactant systems on the planet. Okay. That's where we started. We're still building from that today. Now, surfactants is a very broad term. It can be used in almost any chemistry and any application around the world from shampoos to oil field. They're okay. all surfactant based. So surfactant is a, is a fascinating chemistry. In fact, you can tune them and adjust them to do almost anything you want. Okay. So that's where we built our expertise. Okay. And I can't take any credit for that because I'm not a chemist. Believe it or not, I had no formal education in chemistry other than some high school chemistry classes. We just have some incredible people. And if you, you know, spoke a lot about this on JP's podcast as well. Yeah. This company doesn't exist without some of the smartest people in it working with me. I'm just, I'm there to set a mission and a, and a view Okay. And everybody else has to contribute. So I'm not the brains behind this organization. I try to be the motivation behind the, the organization. So now I've got a lot of background in application for okay. chemistry. So that helps, you know, when we're designing a new chemistry. It's, it needs to do X, it needs to do Y, and it needs to do it effectively. And it needs to do it at cost effectively. So how do we check all of those boxes when you're designing a new chemistry? And that's what we focus on every single day. So it's, Yes, we sell a microemulsion or a surfactant or a fancy clay control or, or something else into an Exxon mobile, for example. Yeah. And the next day, that same engineer that made the decision to use our product is listening to five other sales pitches on potentially similar products that are supposed to do the exact same thing. Or their take on it maybe it does it better. And that's where all the lab testing and technical experience comes in is we've got to disprove that. So in the frac world, especially, 
you're fighting for every single sale. Yes. It's never a, well, we did this one horizontal well out in the Wolf Campy for operator A. We're going to get the rest of them from now to the end of time. Literally that very next well, we're fighting for the for the next one. Yeah. And start trying to show your worth. Well, I mean, on the frack side of it, the, the key is to get back, obviously, as much, you know, how much more can we open it up and, and, and get that oil out of there? I mean, you know, and if there's something better at the same price or less that can do that, um, as an EMP company, you are looking like a hero to the people that run the numbers every day Correct. and pay back their investors. It's like, oh, okay. It's like, well, let's go get that 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 product again. Uh, but what a what a um, you're definitely in a competitive space. Uh, how do you prepare for that on a daily basis? Uh, so a lot of that comes in our in our technical evaluation and expertise. Yeah. Confidence sells. If our team has confidence in the chemistry we've created, we're going to be successful. If we can't show the team confidence in the technical aspect, it's not going to be successful. So you have to be differentiated. And that's one of the areas we're extremely focused on is how can we stay differentiated from the competition? Sure, we have a a flow aid or microemulsion or surfactant, whatever you want to call it. Uh, How is ours different? What does that mean to you at the at the end of the road on that on that particular application? Whether that's acidizing, restem, primary frac, tertiary UR, you name it. Um, they all use similar chemistries in different ways. So how do we stay differentiated? Uh, we got very fortunate, a um, little bit lucky in a lot of ways that the timing of COVID actually helped us. So that gave us an opportunity to develop what is now our bio-based surfactant systems. Okay. And we've got a incredibly smart guy on the team. His name's Neil Hayes, who who coins terms and phrases constantly. I mean, he's a, he's a meme king when it comes to the chemistry space. I don't know how he always does it, but every presentation has, has something fascinating in it that everybody can chuckle at or laugh at. Um, but green chemistry back in the day, think mid teens to, to even now green chemistry had a, had a really weird connotation to it. It usually meant that it didn't perform as well and it was really expensive. That was one of Neil's things is how can we take a green chemistry that outperforms petrochemical based chemistries, synthetic chemistries that are both cost effective and outperform the other chemistries on the market. Mm -hmm. And it took years of development, but we have that. Oh, wow. So now we've been able to insert these bio-based surfactant systems into blended systems. Okay. That now outperform a lot of petrochemical-based synthetic systems, and they're cost-effective. And that's been something that people have been fighting for years. And there's a lot of bio-based surfactants out there. Some of them take too long and too much CapEx to manufacture in any particular volume. Uh, There's processes out there, whether it's fermentation, which create bio-based surfactants, but you have to have massive facilities that look like Coors Brewery in Golden, Colorado to make a hundred gallons a day. Oh, whoa. Our very smart people created a system where we can make bio-based chemistry by the truckload every day. So it's, it's a fascinating technology and it's really catapulted us ahead of a lot of our competition in that area. Well, you know, when you talk about green-based, um, yeah, bios 
and you've hit you know you hit the nail on the head that it costs a lot of money to do something in the green energy and it be cost effective correct um so what you guys are doing is really a game changer out there in the in the industry because you know what are the upsides you know well can you share with us some of the great upsides to this green uh, surfactant that you guys are using sure so it's it's tunability that's a, a common commonly used term in, in the chemical development world is tunability so in the surfactant world you have not to get overly technical on it on the show but you're tuning surfactants to various hlb range and that's its affinities for waters or oils and and its ability to separate and work at those interfaces can you say that again, just a little slower? We're tuning these bio-based surfactants to a range of HLBs. Wow. So you can have these HLB ranges from very low, two, three, four, five, all the way up to 16, 17, 18, and it's, it's application-based. Okay. That's something that was missed in the bio-based surfactant world. Um, matter, matter of fact, Neil coined a, a new term the other day that the fermentation process or the use of bugs and enzymes to create surfactants he calls them bug farts. It was really quite hilarious in yesterday's meetings that we had, but um, they're not tunable. Okay. Right? You have a you have a series of, of bugs that are digesting. Yeah. You get a surfactant, right? Right. Ours is not an enzyme based system, so we're actually reacting the chemistry. Okay. Which means that we can you can add things, whether it's other chemistries, whether it's heat, whether it's cooling, and you can tune the surfactants to come out of that. So now we're working in ultra low IFT surfactant realm as well as, and that's interfacial tension. That's where you want Thank to be you. on the surfactant. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a big metric that most EMPs want to see if you go to third party testing is what's your, what's your interfacial tension on your surfactant at one GPT in my fluid system. Yeah. Uh, also what's my surface tension. Uh, what's my wettability or contact angle? There's a lot of things that go into that, but um, what really makes this system unique is we can make a lot of volume, okay. which means our throughput at the plant is incredible. Um, so we're able to make essentially 5,000 gallon batches in an hour to four hours, depending on what we're tuning. Wow. Whereas a lot of other bio-based surfactants can take days to make a drug, to make 5,000 gallons, even though that surfactant is just one component in a blend. Yes. Right. So you can take 5,000 gallons and now we're making a microemulsion or surfactant system. We took 5,000 gallons and we made 20,000 gallons. Correct. Because by the goes, time you add some other constituents to it. Man, that's a lot of bug farts. It's a lot of bug farts. <laughs> but we don't have any bug farts, so we're, we're good. Man, uh, you know, um, thank you for repeating a couple of things during that. Uh, my, I definitely kind of went over my head. Um, you know, I... Um, just started uh, uh i'm working on uh, towards the masters we had a little crash course and they did about an hour and a half segment on the chemistry and uh very interesting on the bios and uh i think it's cool i'd much rather use a bug inside of something like that than eat it you know because that is one thing that they keep talking about it's like hey we're going to eat bugs in the future that's well, well we're going to be living on chocolate covered crickets right right <laughs> but i'm almost embarrassed that here i am that's that's the first thing that came to my mind is eating bugs versus our you know reuse it. But that is amazing that you guys are able to do something like that. And I mean, what do you by chance know what what kind of a footprint that's not creating by using that by chance? Just a, I know that's a random question. Just you know, so what I can equate that to is is at our facility we can have a a single say five thousand gallon reactor. Yeah. Um, steel jacketed cool whole nine yards which 
Uh, for those of you not sitting in this room, it probably takes up about a 12 by 12 foot floor space. So call it 150 square feet floor space. Now it does take some power and there's some pumps off to the side and so, and there's blenders and motors and everything else happening. But uh, for the for the companies that are doing similar chemistries but using bugs, they may need 5,000 square feet of warehouse uh, to generate the same volume in a day that we can generate in a couple of hours. Wow. So from a using all the fancy lingo running around today, the net zeros and carbon neutrals and everything yeah. else, we're much closer to that than most most of our competition. Wow. So then that means then your customers are not necessarily, well, in any form or fashion, your customers, whether it's another um, chemical company that uses your base surfactant yes. to go into this, or if it's an, a, a, um, an oil and gas company itself doing the work, they, you can actually tell them, hey man, you can say you're you're saving a planet. Correct, and we have a we have a couple of customers, and this what's called the RCI score, the Renewable Carbon Index, or, yes. or another term that we've coined, which is the Modern Carbon Content. Modern just to give it our content. own version, uh, in a way, and it's it's a little more descriptive, right? Because the what they look at, and I'm going to absolutely screw this up, but I believe it's something around if it's renewable in less than a hundred thousand years, it's considered. A renewable carbon source if it's older than 100,000 years which would be our business petroleum business then it's fossil fuel basic that's cold so we've moved into this modern carbon content which is fantastic because it really is descriptive of what we're trying to do uh so yes we have some customers say all right if i put in one gallon per thousand into the however many millions of barrels of water they're going to go into my next horizontal well and I compare that to a synthetic surfactant system that I was using before, how much carbon are we removing from the fluid system? Okay. That's not an easy number to come up with because you got to back in, you know, one GPT to how much renewable carbon versus non-renewable carbons in the original formulas to come up with this. You know, if you, if you execute on this many wells in this year, you're going to save so many tons of carbon. Yeah. It's a very hard number to come up with, but what we do know is that we are removing carbon from those systems. So, or yeah. non-renewable carbon. Man, you're, uh, what you guys are doing is just, I mean, uh, Jim, it, that's, that is amazing. I mean, yes. what, um, what LFS chemistry is doing, y'all are saving the environment, helping oil and gas companies produce more oil. I think you guys are kind of a win-win. I mean, what, what made you kind of, what, where was it, or what was your thought process on this this green like to kind of do that and go go that route when did that happen and so some of that stemmed from availability okay there was a obviously during covid there was a lot of supply chain issues right and when you're sourcing petrochemical based products and, and if you remember in the april of 2020 something around there and then again in 2021 the gulf coast had a series of freezes which shut down a bunch of plants that normally react the synthetic or petrochemical based surfactants that we would use uh so we're kind of stuck the prices of a lot of those skyrocketed to where our bio-based systems became very intriguing we needed a lot of work done on those bio-based systems to get them to be functional in the applications that we had so that's what we spent our time doing and then it's all north american agri-sourced product right so now we're making bio-based surfactants without importing anything from countries that we're not necessarily great friends with, which Whoa. is a big deal. 
That is huge. Right. So all of our source products that we react into bio-based surfactants are coming from North America. So we've got wonderful relationships with soybean councils and we buy a lot of corn feed stock and soy feed stock and and that's what we're reacting to make bio-based surfactants. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. So it's fantastic because we're not putting stuff on ships. It's not coming in from overseas. We're not buying incredibly hazardous materials that we then have to handle and react into something that's functional. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're agri-sourced right here in North America for a vast majority of it. So y'all are recycling at the same time by using, or well, yeah. just finding uses for stuff that in other words Correct. would be waste. I mean, almost, um, uh, not quite, but uh, I always think of Back to the Future Part 2 where he's throwing the trash inside the car for the fuel. And it's stuff that people don't want to use or eat, like the, the corn stock and, and yep. things like that, that it's like, and, and those are the things that you're using to help save the environment. That's awesome. Yes. That and we, awesome. Have a, we have a couple of wonderful relationships, um, very strategic relationships with, like, the Ohio Soybean Council, okay. uh, the Arable Labs. Uh, in Ohio that really are helping us develop some of the next gen chemistries around those, those feedstocks. Whoa. So, you know, I, again, it's everybody around. It's, it's not, it's not any one person. It's not any two or three people. This is a, a very big process. You have a heck of a team that you've built. And I think that's something to highlight right there. It's like you are, you have literally what I call the smartest people in the room are with you. And that's awesome. I, I am. I mean, never the smartest person in the room when it comes to our our meetings. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't mean yeah. I just I, I agree in your philosophy that it's like man, I need to have other people in the room with me that know more, that understand more, to be successful myself and to give this team the success that it needs. Because you say they still need a leader, Jim, which you, you know, hands down are definitely somebody that's out there leading these people, motivating individual. And also making the tough decisions when need be. That's that's the not so fun part, but yeah. but yes, um, being a being a part of an amazing team is is the greatest feeling on the planet. You know, it's I, I try to equate it to having a great home life. Okay. You know, it's it's my second family. It's everybody's there to help everybody else around them win. So it's not a how can I promote myself mm -hmm. within the organization. It's if I do this, how does it impact everybody in the organization? Yeah. You know, and we, and we focus a lot on that. You know, the how can the sales team help the ops team? How can the ops team help the technical team? You know, a lot of the feedback that we get for the technical team comes from the guys on you know the, the boots on the ground, right? They're right. they're out there on location. They're they're the ones sampling and and taking a look at fluid systems and what are the pain points and problems for our various customers and and feeding that back in, saying how can we make this better? Yeah. Lee. that's a big part of it yeah you know and then we have some 30 plus year chemists that have been all over the world designing and looking at chemistry uh you know again with between neil and darren and and rom and and marcus and i mean you keep going down a list you know the Bretts of the world and, and you name it yeah this doesn't work without all of that coming together uh you know um Jim, I, I cannot thank you enough with uh, with everything you have going on. You know, what is just something that that you could give? You know, to to you know, let's go back twenty years. Let's go, let's go back to nineteen ninety eight. Okay, that that was a long time ago. And uh, you know, what would you 
tell yourself differently than like like if you could go back and literally tell that 1998 you probably got the justin timberlake look going on i'm sure that that (laughs) definitely not (laughs) you know so that's a it's a great it's a great question it's something that i I think self-reflection is something everybody should do often you know i i can I couldn't even get to, there's not enough paper in the world for me to write down the number of mistakes that I've made. And, but those mistakes I look back on and say, well, I wouldn't be, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing now had I not made some of those mistakes. So yeah, I don't know that there's a lot that I would have changed in my life from the time I got into the oil field at 18 to today. Yeah. Um, sure. There's some pretty low spots or some difficult things that have happened that you, you've just got to look back on and say, how do I learn from this? How does it make us stronger? You know, put my, certainly a couple of times I put my family through the ringer on, you know, but I mean, the support from them has been incredible. You know, I mean, it's starting a company when your wife is pregnant is not a, <laughs> not something that I advise many people to do unless you're already fairly financially set and, and can take those dives, but we weren't, but she knew I wanted to do it. I was passionate about it and we made it work. You know, so it's, it's all of the support that you can have. So, you know, never, never miss an opportunity to meet somebody is probably number one in my book. If somebody calls and says, I think you should meet this. Absolutely. I'm there. I'm going to meet you. So nothing may ever come of it, Yeah, but something incredible can come from it. True. So I never miss those opportunities. And then probably a, a lesson that actually came from my father long time ago was if you're ever given the opportunity to speak publicly in any environment, take it. Okay. No matter how uncomfortable it is, take it. The return on that is more than you will ever imagine. So from the time I was getting set in the professional world, any time an opportunity came up where I could be in front of people or speak or was invited to speak, I I never turned it down, no matter how uncomfortable it may have been. You know, sometimes it's subjects you you don't want to talk about, but just having those interactions and meeting those people, there's incredible people all over the world. So it's sometimes just having a conversation with somebody leads to a conversation with somebody else that takes you somewhere you never even dreamt of. Uh, and that's really a lot of the LFS story, believe it or not, was people that I had met in 2008, nine and 10 are now investors in LFS chemistry after we got it up and running. No. You know, they were incredible people. They, a lot of them went through some difficult times with us back in, in 2008. Yeah. Uh, with the company that I was at and they stood by us the entire time and, and now they're, they're partners. So it's shake hands, smile, shake hands often. Yeah. Meet as many people as you can, you know, be gracious for everything that you've got. But as far as what I consider kind of the little things, College wasn't really for me. I tried it. I tried a lot of it. Yeah. At the end, I didn't finish. I just put my head down and went to work and got a little dirt under the fingernails. Hey, there's nothing wrong it. with that. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I look at my family. I've got one brother who followed a similar path, not in the oil and gas, but tried college, didn't, wasn't for him. Yeah. Incredibly successful in uh, landscaping and construction and I've got my youngest brother, went to Texas Tech, graduated petroleum engineer. He's incredibly successful. College was for him. Yeah. So 
I think everybody's got to find their own path, and I don't think you can force that path. That I agree with. Look, I, I, I like college, I, I, but it is not for everybody because of, of the, the focus and, and what's inside of an individual is what's the most important part on if they're going to be successful or not, I would say. You know, that drive, you know, you hear all the cliches all the time, but it's like if you need other people to truly motivate you, is that really, you know, you know, is that really what gets you going? Yeah. You know, you got to have it's got to come from the inside no matter what it is. Uh, I love what you just said about, you know, I don't have, you know, about the mistakes that have been made. You can't don't have enough paper. Uh, and the fact that, you know, your scars make you who you are. And there were all my listeners out there. That was one question that I I just threw out there at the end. I, we did not talk about that one beforehand. So, Jim, I cannot thank you enough. Absolutely. Um, you know, where can people find you? Where can, if they need a motivational speaker, because that, that's what I just feel like I just got. They need you to come out and talk because obviously you you said hey if anybody ever asks you to talk let's talk uh, yeah uh, to speak so how can they find you? Uh, so the easiest place to find us obviously we've got a really big presence on LinkedIn that's always a great place to to find and network. Uh, certainly listening to the podcast is a great way to do it. Uh, we have an absolutely fantastic website for LFS Chemistry. It's simply www.lfschemistry.com. Um, can always call. You know, it's part of part of being in the oil field for so long is that phone rings twenty four seven. Yeah. Uh, especially when you're traveling the world. All the different time zones really, you know, can when your phone's ringing at three a.m. because you're sitting in Houston, but it's noon in Saudi. You just have to be ready for it. Yeah. I'll eat. Well, Jim, thank you so much for stopping by the studio today, uh, and thank you for being ready for whatever comes your way, and and for the innovations that you guys are doing, not only in the oil and gas industry but to help out the world. Just thank you so much for coming on. I can't thank you enough. And uh, we'll leave it at that. Just thank you so much. Man, I can't thank you enough for the experience. It's wonderful getting to sit here. And, you know, it's kudos to all of our customers. They give us all the feedback and they they give us the motivation to keep keep moving forward. So there you go. It's a great industry. Love being a part of it. Oh, it is. It, it is. And, and that's the crude truth. We'll see you all next time on another episode here on the crude truth. Again, thank you to our sponsors, LFS Chemistry, NAPE Expo, Air Compressor Solutions, Exec Crew, Oil and Gas Workers Association, Pecos Country Operating. The easiest way to start your own podcast and TV show? Real News Communications Network. Stand out from your competition. Produce streams of high-quality social media content. Become a thought leader in your industry. With RNCN, you get to be the host. We handle everything else. Tour one of our three locations in Dallas, Fort Worth, and the Colony. Call 972-402-6333 or visit launchashow.com to find out more. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.